From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Catch me, welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. This is indeed the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to be looking at Julie Sly across the table here in our humble radio studio. Julie, good day to you. Thanks. Julie, Julie is I didn't the, really doll up for you. It's yeah, more yeah. on radio. We're on the radio, you know. <laughs> uh, You're lucky you got what I'm wearing here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm always dolled up. Of course, of course. <laughs> My mom used that expression a lot. Dolled up? Uh, dolled up, yeah. Yeah. You're all I dolled guess up. that's an old one. Yeah. Uh, Chit-chat I use a lot. No one... Chit-chat. I had to drop it, though, years. No, I still and she'd use, use it. And Mom would use it but, whether it was the boys or the girls in the family. She'd say, oh, dolled oh, up, dolled dressed up. up. Yeah. yeah, keep your eyes peeled. That was keep another one peeled. from, yeah. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what it means, I but I don't the, what the, the eyes peeled, peeled comes yeah. from. Yeah. As you're supposed to be looking out the car window or something, How and you see it, and your eyes are peeled. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All I, I never could think understood when I was a kid was one. like peeling potatoes or something. Oh, I, I, yeah. I don't know what my eyes peeled. My favorite one is chit chat, but then many years ago I was talking to my next door neighbors, um, Jason and Sarah, and they have the most wonderful daughter, Natalie. She's at University of um where is she? Some small university in New Mexico right now. Anyway, she was such a talkative kid and all that. One time I was loading up my car and she's asking me everything I'm putting in my Jeep and all of this. And finally her father says, we got to go, Natalie. Julie's busy, you know. And I said, yeah, but but we'll chit-chat more later. We'll chit-chat later. She looks at me so seriously and she just says, what's chit-chat? Really? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> She's about three. Okay. I'll always chit-chat. remember that. What's chit chat? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, well, the new Herald is out. Well, about. no, it's not really out. <laughs> and I'm looking at a photo of one of my neighbors. Oh, okay. Well, no, it's not. At, well, the digital edition, for those who want to wake up early on New Year's Eve, will be on the website on um, at 12 a.m. on December 31st. We don't put it on too far in advance. And then uh, readers or people receiving in the mail, 44,000 strong and a few more. Um, they should receive it around first week in January. Although I'm hearing all over the place that people are receiving their mail at 8 o'clock at night and all kinds of things. Yeah, the the, the other day I can remember saying saying to my wife, Shelly, I said, did somebody bring the mail in? I, you know, because we got those kids and, and, you know, somebody will put the mail down where you don't expect it to be put down and, you know, oh boy, did I pay that PG&E bill? I didn't see it. And, Said no, nobody, nobody had brought the mail in, and it did. It came like at seven thirty. Yeah. Oh, I'm regular. Yeah. And one a good one for me this Christmas season is someone, a friend of mine, sent me a you know a picture card of her and her two young adult sons, and it you know sent merriest of Christmas or whatever. So and it had kind of like a college like background with the tower and that Mm -hmm. and so I said to her wow thanks for your heart and I don't recognize that background where is that she goes 
oh my God, that's from a year ago when I visited my son in New York. And I'm like, really? I'll have to look at the (laughs) postmark. And it it was. I just added it about 10 days ago. It was postmarked December 21st, 2001. Must have been a lot of rain. But someone had, she was one numeral off my address. Oh, well, that's And someone had written on the front of the envelope, not at this address. So I don't know whose writing that was. Hmm. But, yeah, so I guess it had been... I don't know how it got resurrected from the dead letter pile. Well, you know, but you, would you, they you, eat you it for that long? Story, you know, sometimes you'll get you'll get something in the mail from I don't know a governmental agency of yes. you must respond within the next oh, ten yeah. days that kind of stuff, and you think. How many times have you sent a letter to somebody? I think the post office is basically pretty oh, yeah, efficient, you know. But yeah, but and I think being able—I don't know what is it, fifty-five, fifty-eight mm-hmm. cents or whatever—to be able to, for I mean, if if somebody came to you and said, "Here, here's a letter. I need you to deliver it to New York City right. in three days, and here's fifty-eight cents yeah. <laughs> for, for your trouble." <laughs> <laughs> you go, no, I don't think that's possible. But they do it. Yes. And and so it's 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 a it's a great service. Yeah. But but I, I worry when it's something important, if if there's a way to pay it by phone or or clear it yes. up by phone. Oh, yeah. I do it by phone or yeah. online because they said, well, we, we didn't get it, Mr. Dunning. Well, and there's a lot of people, longtime employees who have retired. Too. Yeah. Whenever I've been to any local one, there's a lot of, you know, you can tell people are learning new things or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. So anyway, hopefully their magazines won't be too, too delayed. Late. Yeah. Um, so January, February issue is usually our focus on Catholic education. So our um, hover story is about... Um, two individuals who um, have come into the church recently as a result of their bond and close connection with Catholic schools. So I'm sure there's more than two stories in our diocese like this, but we focused on two people uh, that were suggested to us. So um, the first is Amanda Valine. Mm-hmm. She is a math teacher at Christian Brothers High School. Wow. She's also taught in public school. And um, her husband, E.C., is the principal of Our Lady of Grace School in West Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And her two, their two sons go there, Nolan, who's seven, and Owen, who's 11. Mm-hmm. And, but Amanda had not um, been Catholic Well, she's going to be received in the church this coming Easter at the vigil. Um, I believe that's going to be at St. Joseph in Hartsburg. But because she's teaching at Christian Brothers, she has a close connection with Christian Brothers. And because her sons go to Our Lady at Ray, she's got a close connection there. So she's got almost three communities going there. So she um, interviewed with our free uh, one of my reporters, Lynette Magnino, and said that um, she had wanted to be Catholic for quite some time, but had not Taking the plunge, the mm-hmm. full plunge. She's been married to Casey since 2009. 
and he was when they got married, both their sons were baptized in the church and began attending school at Our Lady of Grace. And she says, by that time, I, she knew in her heart that God was calling her. I saw the love that the school and church have for my children and my husband, and I knew I wanted to be a part of that. So they, she and her husband, A.C., had always discussed that right. their children would go to Catholic schools. Um, but he was very passionate about wanting to send their boys to Catholic schools. So um, she says, I found it to be one of the best decisions we've made to raise our children in this faith-filled environment. And she attributes the fact that her sons are the kindness, most loving and respectful kids, uh, in large part to their connection with the Our Lady of Grace wow. community. Um, Such a great parish and great school. Yeah. And th- it, unlike most of, of our parish schools, it's not attached to the church. No. It's kind of out in the, in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and Holy Spirit here in Sacramento are two separate right. locations. Right. Yeah. So, um, So she formerly was an eighth-grade public school math teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, She says Catholic education is more than just academics. It's more about teaching the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Um, No matter what the discipline is, no matter what the subject matter is. Yes. Uh And um, she said, when I was hired at Christian Brothers, I knew God was telling me it was time to stop putting, putting off Converting, I think God was sending me signs that I just needed to have faith in him and he would open new doors um, for me. She had been baptized as a child but didn't really have a strong mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. to the church. So she's been taking some classes um, um, since earlier this year. And um, she's also very involved, as I said, in the school, uh, St. Joseph Parish, also the Christian Brothers community. And um, she's also been doing some online classes just because her schedule is so. Um, And her husband, Casey, says his heart is being filled with God's grace um, as he recalls his hope to have never come off as pressuring Amanda into inversion. The, the decision had to be her choice when she was ready. Very and nice. we've heard these stories over time. Not, um, right. I mean, I definitely remember someone in <coughs> an RCA IA class oh gosh, 30 years ago where I was sponsoring someone else and there was another lady in the class and she had raised her children Mm -hmm. Catholic and her husband had been Catholic and he was passed away now. But And she had never inverted to Catholicism all that time. And then when she was a widow, she decided on her own to come into the church. So you hear these stories all the time like this that yeah. it has to be in their own time and space yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting i know i know uh, my mom was a convert and and we always we always <clears throat> growing up figured it was it was dad was a catholic and and met mom and she was a lutheran she's from north dakota weird state law and she was semi-catholic Catholic, <laughs> <laughs> and, Catholic light. Yeah, and, and she. Or maybe uh, that's a piss. Well, I don't know. 
and uh, she, uh, we just figured dad converted her, you know, or she converted to marry dad or whatever. And I mean, we're talking about. Oh, a but long she time never ago. had when they no, got married. She was already converted. Oh, oh. And because she went to nursing school at a Catholic <clears throat> nursing school, oh. uh, St. Alexis at uh, the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. And she, she, I mean, later in life, she told me how it came about. I, I, I'd always known she was a convert, but it didn't really come up much. And, and she didn't say, oh, well, back in my church, we, you know, it right. just didn't come up much. And the, because uh, she was such a faithful Catholic. And she said that the, the nuns didn't work on her at all. She just said. When they, she was in college? Yeah. She said uh-huh. they had something, they had something special and I wanted it. You know? Oh. And she hmm. uh, just by example, uh huh. You know. So she converted on her own, and she college. converted on her own. Yeah. yeah. In those, uh, there wasn't the RCIA right. then. Right. Didn't you just kind of like take classes with the masters? I think we really explored it with her because we're we're talking about oh probably mid thirties, nineteen thirties. How long has that University of Mary been it's there? Been there a long time. Oh, okay. Wow. A long, long time. Bismarck, wow. of course, is the capital, and uh, I don't, I don't know. I should learn more about it. Really, uh, mm-hmm. I visited it one time, but I should, I, I don't even know, you know who founded it and and when I'm not when, sure when it was founded either. Yeah. Um, I I know that uh, maybe Mary found it. I know that maybe she did. I know they have a football, t- a college football team, oh, they and, do. I, and oh, I thought okay. that's you a, wouldn't know that. That's that's interesting that uh, <laughs> the University of Mary has a football. Of course, Notre, right. Notre Dame has a football yeah. team as well, and that's basically the University of Mary. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. I've, I've got a beautiful sweatshirt, and it's the same colors as the University of Miami. Oh, and, for and, University, and of, University Mary? of Mary? Oh. And it's script. And so at first glance, people go, oh, did you go to Miami? And I oh. said, no, read it. It says Mary. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. So um, in this cover story, our other person featured, I guess, is your neighbor, huh? Ricky well, Dressetter. You know, sometimes people will say, oh, we're uh, my best friend or, yeah. or and it's somebody you've Right. Met you're not making, you're not making, making that up. up. He lives, I saw him this morning. Okay. Um, he lives directly across the street. Oh. Um, and not a busy street, just a little neighborhood street, uh-huh. you know, um, and has, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Well, maybe you moved, should tell his story. <laughs> they may have moved, moved there just about, just about. When Ricky was born, maybe he's, oh. eight, he's eight now. It uh-huh. seems like they've been there six, seven, eight years, uh-huh. and and they now have three kids. They have uh, two, yes. two more, and uh, uh, Roxy and Archie, and they're just That's the they are so cute. They, uh-huh. I mean, I'll, I'll go out in the morning to pick the paper up off the driveway or something, and they're all up pretty early. And and Chelsea, their mom, will be about to push them in a stroller and take Ricky to school. Oh, I think uh-huh. he rides his bike along with, oh. uh, and uh, they'll, they'll, hi, Bob, you know, uh-huh. wave. they're so, they're really darling. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. a great family. Yeah. And, and Evan, uh, uh, the dad, grew up in Davis. Um, and so uh, they're, they're just, they're great neighbors. But one, one day their, their grandfather was nearby and he said, he said to me, uh, he's a, 
longtime Davis side too, somebody I sort of know, and and there was a there were a lot of cars on this little street, you know, just a little residential street. When there's four or five different cars there, you know, something's going on. Somebody's right. having a birthday or something, and and I said said what's going on here and he says oh ricky's getting baptized today into the catholic oh. church and i went what you know, like, <laughs> really uh and uh said yeah he's been going to saint james uh-huh. and and just fell in love with the faith and they yeah. were all excited about it they were yeah you know there wasn't any pushback about it or anything they right. were all excited about it but right it seems like it was you know i mean it came from ricky right so his real name is maverick Right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's an interesting first name, huh? As we usually think of it as a noun, he's a maverick. Yeah. yeah. Not he is maverick. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so Ricky is in third grade. Um, <laughs> I love his first quote here. Um, I just love the way religion and the church do stuff. Do stuff. <laughs> I love mass. I love the songs. It's beautiful. The music is beautiful. And, of course, you mentioned his parents, Chelsea and Evan Dressetter. Um, they said they have watched their son's spiritual transformation mm-hmm. um, with wonder and respect. Uh, the family came to St. James, and they had kind of a, what his mother calls a wild post-pandemic mm-hmm. search to find a school where he went to preschool. And then kindergarten at our neighborhood public school. But then his uh, COVID-19 closed his school and they started online Zoom instruction. And so his mother, Chelsea, decided to homeschool Ricky. She says, I had a toddler and an infant and was going to be at home. What are their names? Uh, the the little There's kid. There's a sister. The sister is uh, Roxy. Oh, she's okay. probably about four. Uh huh. And the little boy is Archie, and pushing two or maybe uh huh. You can see him in one of the pictures. Oh, I didn't print that page out for you. Sorry. <laughs> But there is, sorry, but there's a large picture, a whole page picture of um, Ricky, and then in the background you can see his father, Evan, walking with his younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. So so they were kind of, um, uh, she didn't feel that Zoom would work six hours a day for Ricky. Um, So she tried to enroll him in the neighborhood school, second grade, but... um, that was full, and then uh, the overflow of students was directed to a different school in town. So they had originally applied to St. James, but they couldn't do it financially. Um, but then she said she had a odd moment, and she wanted to send him to St. James very badly. But then St. James had a waiting list, and then they finally got a call, and she said, um, I just started crying when they said they were going to make room for Ricky. Mm. Yeah. So a beautiful story. Yeah. And then she says, within the first couple of months, he wanted to be baptized. So that was January 2022. So earlier this year. Yeah. He also prepared for first communion and first reconciliation with his other classmates. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. his mom says, watching your child be awakened 
excuse me, spiritually at any age is pretty magical and amazing. So they found a real sense of community. At the school, um, his parents said they remain encouraging, open-minded, committing to learning and understanding all they can, and they recognize they may very well end up with three Catholic kids, <laughs> they said. So I guess their daughter, Roxy, is starting kindergarten. So she probably yeah. is four. Yeah. 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 So... Anyway, great stories. Yeah, you know the, 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 you know, you hear about an overflow of a public school, but the public schools have a charge that they have to educate the kids. So, right. But they can redirect you. And, no. And the next public school was a little further away, et cetera. You know. Right. So. Right. But uh, God works in mysterious ways. I don't know how many public schools there are in Davis now. Six elementary, or seven. Elementary schools. Yeah. Probably about six. I'm. I'm yeah. I, I can. Start naming them. Some around schools six. I was reading are just like Dixon is so overflowing with new, as they're doing yeah. so much building there. A lot of, a lot of growth and in they Dixon, had, yeah. I think they've only had two elementary schools for ages for, for, for and they years, can't yeah. keep up. And the one high school, I think. Yeah, Davis yeah. has added a couple, in the last few years, a couple of elementary schools uh, and a couple of uh, uh, junior high schools, but uh, one junior high school. But uh, the the growth rate in Davis among children is not exceptional. It's actually fairly low. Yeah, because there's a large senior population. A large senior population. Probably pretty growing in Woodland. They're doing uh, a lot of building in Woodland, too. The cost of living has, has become such that young families aren't 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 No, can't really move in there. Yeah, I mean, when 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 my family, me as a child, moved to Davis, it was. It was much smaller. Yeah. There wasn't this demand for housing. It wasn't. Right. And, and we were a young, my parents were a young family. And yes. everybody on the block was a young family. Right. But the, the kids and grandkids of that generation, they, they can't, and it's not just Davis. It's a lot of the Oh, areas. it's pretty much everywhere. Davis is one of the worst yeah. in terms of cost of housing. Right. But um, young families are just really getting priced, yeah. out, of the, priced out of the market. And you'll see right. people buying in Williams or Arbuckle. Uh, oh, they'll do and, the and, commute. And, and commuting. Yeah. Just because it's, it's a chance to become a homeowner. Right, right. So um, we have another... Um, feature here about uh, two of our Catholic schools uh, and how the pastor and the principal work together, collaborate together to make the schools a success. So um, one of the schools that we highlight is St. Thomas the Apostle in Oroville, mm-hmm. where we have Principal Kelly Floyd and Father Herman Ramos. Ramos is the pastor and um, I think he's been there for about a year or more. This might be Kelly's first. Uh, actually, Father Ramos has only been there since July, and um, they've had a they've had a, a lot to deal with at the school, as it's a small, close knit parish. Uh, but yet, you know, they had to deal with the effects of the pandemic. And the neighboring campfire during 2018. Yeah, the 
which was paradise. the one by Paradise. But, you know, those towns around Paradise were greatly affected. A lot of people moved to Ch- and didn't Chico. I think grew by almost like twenty thousand well, people. The, the fire ten came or down 20, almost to people. Chico, and a yeah. lot of a lot of people in Paradise worked in Chico, right? And uh, most of the relief efforts, uh, where the red tape is, you know, yeah. where people are applying for this and that, right? We're in Chico. We're in Chico, and I know uh, St. Vincent de Paul did a lot of work in right. Chico, or I think still does, even yes. four, four years later. Yeah. And, the, and then there were a lot of people who relocated to Oroville, too. Right. All those towns All were those greatly towns. affected. And the thing that made me so proud was uh, when uh, Bishop Soto and Lincoln Riley announced that uh, any anybody who wanted to, from the Paradise area, who wanted to go to a Catholic school mm-hmm. anywhere, anywhere in the diocese, yeah. They were welcome, and they would be. They would uh, right in the middle of the year, and right. they would find a place for them, and they would be absolutely no. It would be tuition free for them. Right. And it was. I don't know how many people took took them up on that, but right. but uh, what a, what a welcoming uh, gesture yeah. to here here you've got the kids. Their home is literally burned to the ground. Right. Which I I think. As adults, that's hard. As a little kid, it's, it's oh, yeah. unimaginable. Very traumatic. And now yeah. you're in a different town. Maybe you're living in a, a FEMA trailer or something, or you're yeah. living with relatives and sleeping on the floor. And here, this Catholic school there says we're we're happy to right get some normalcy in your life, right. and and right. You're, you're welcome here, right, it's right. A beautiful gesture, right. So. Um, Anyway, so that Oroville St. Thomas has 110 students, um, and um, uh, Kelly says that they, she and Father Herman uh, Ramos, uh, you know, have to communicate all the time, decide what's going on in the parish and the school, collaborate on anything, um, and. Uh, Father says we talk about the the immediate needs of our community all the time, and also what are the very real and administrative matters of the school, staffing, volunteers, compliance with diocesan regulations for a safe environment. Um, so there's so much to do, really. Kelly says. Father's personality and reverence for the Mass have elevated our experience. He visits the classrooms twice a week. And he also is involved with junior high confirmation uh, preparation. So, um, and Helen herself, she's the mother of 12 children. Oh, my goodness. And the principal. Yeah, she has children ranging in age from five months to 24 years of age. All are St. Thomas graduates with the exception of the current and future children. Uh, she also has triplets among those. Can you imagine? Wow. Wow. I wonder if that's some, I shouldn't put that out on the internet. That might be some kind of record. Wasn't, for Atlas old principal to have all her hints through, have triplets, and she still has future students. When I was growing up, there was either a book, I don't think it was a TV show, but I think it was a book called Cheaper by the Dozen. And I believe oh, I it was think about, that was made into a movie. Was it? And it was about somebody or was with 12 kids. Or was you have eight real? No. <laughs> 
There was a movie with Jane Fonda and Jane Fonda, uh, Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda, and he was in the Navy, and they both had six kids, and they mm. blended the oh, families. Wow. I forget what that was I had, I had a high school cl- <laughs> classmate um, who got married, and you know, but she's she's my age, and and got married, and she ended up having thirteen kids. She wow. had. 12 boys and then finally a girl <laughs> i always count up how many months that is mean pregnant that's a lot of time that's a lot of time <laughs> well good for her that's, yeah that's fabulous yeah and and to hold down the to be the principal besides that's yes a, that's a lot yeah so um and then the other school we uh highlight is saint joseph in auburn which uh, actually is located at St. Teresa Parish in Auburn, but mm-hmm. the two parishes share the, the school. school. Right. Yeah. And the um, principal there is Kristen Mendonca. Mm-hmm. And um, so she works with Father Harlow Tejano from St. Teresa and Father Arbel Habasayan. I was saying that wrong. Say that again. Um, um, at uh, St. Joseph. So um, she's got a child, two pastors. And she, uh, Father Arbel says, I think open communication and humility are the most infa- important factors in their collaboration. Um, Kristen has been there more than 20 years teaching. There's 232 students in the school. She has twin daughters who graduated from the school are now sophomores at Christian Brothers. Um, so she says, I have a great understanding and appreciation for the teachers, which you would after teaching there for 20 years. Um, and she feels that involvement of both the pastors is so important to support unity at the school. So, and you know, we didn't mention that the principal's name at St. James is Heather Church. Church, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in one of our photos. Yes, yeah. she, is. she is. I wonder if she's related to the church family here in Sacramento, mm-hmm. Monsignor James Church. Yeah, there was a. Uh, it, she could be related by marriage or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, perfect name for a principal, though. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, it shows how the, the people in Reapment, and shows how the two priests are both involved in not only liturgies for the hints, but uh, fundraising events. Um, Father Harlow wants to organize, and we've had this at several schools before, um, a basketball event, which would bring some of the Filipino priests to the basketball court to compete with students at their school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's upcoming. So um, anyway, a lot of responsibility there, but a lot of joy in what they do. We couldn't we couldn't have the priest seminary and basketball games without our Filipino priests. I uh, no, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, they make that thing go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. So. And then we have a story about St. John Notre Dame School uh, in Folsom celebrating its 60th anniversary. 
and they're doing all kinds of activities this year to reappoint the students and everyone with the founding of the school by the Sisters of Notre Dame de Namur, mm-hmm. and um, based out of Belmont, I think. In Belmont, yeah. California, yes. And they, so uh, they were there for the founding of the school. We have some old historical photos there, which are always fun. To have. I remember years ago, uh, <coughs> I was uh, covering uh, college basketball, uh, and the team that I covered was UC Davis, and one year on their schedule, it said Notre Dame, oh. and I went, oh my gosh, I get to go to South Bend, oh, <laughs> it's a dream come true, I can't wait. It was Belmont. It was Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were the... Argonauts or something. They yeah. weren't the Fighting Irish. Yeah, but it was still fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and I had I had never heard of. Uh, they, uh, they, at that time, I think they just called it the College of Notre Dame. Now they call it Notre Dame de Namur. I yeah, think. and actually, they mer- they they merged with um, Stanford now. Oh, have they? Yeah, Stanford bought the campus, uh-huh. but they're still offering under the Notre Dame name um, graduate programs, uh-huh. I believe, like an MBA. And but is there still a religious things. presence there? Um, I don't think so. I think maybe the sisters still have their mother house there, mm. that kind of like a retired community. But I don't. That was part of the reason I think about the sale of the mm-hmm. of the college and stuff. But they continue with graduate. Okay. programs yeah okay. so um anyway there's a long history there and also not only with the sisters there but um so many um um they got brought together so many uh founding parents from the school grand their grandparents now um and mothers and fathers that were involved in getting the school going past alumni they've just had a lot a lot of events, um, and I believe you met one of the sisters or eighth grader last week, um, who she and her sister um, painted a mural oh, yes. about the history uh, and the personal heroism of St. Julie Billiard, who is the um, not only named after me. No, I'm just kidding. She is the <laughs> uh, foundress of the sisters in Notre Dame, Dana Muir. So there's a nice mural there now on the school depicting um, the story of St. Julie brought to life. And I'm looking for the names of Emma, the Emmeline two Emmeline, too, sis- was the young lady we interviewed. Yes. And she was uh, the winner of the speech contest. Right. And her sister is Chantel, who is now a freshman at Folsom Lake College, also an alum of St. John Notre Dame. So they painted a 60-foot wide by 10-foot high mural. That's some big mural. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she spoke glowingly of her sister. Mm-hmm. But she was a very talented artist. Yeah. It's great. So anyway, they're having quite a year celebrating the history and... Kind of, you know, the roots of the school. We have older schools, of course, but and I think they're they're at their highest enrollment ever, three hundred and seventy students. Well, the Folsom area is really growing as well, and that's that's they're obviously uh, they're doing a great job at uh, St. John Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. 
I've always I always wondered about the the naming of that school, the St. John Notre Dame. You know, like how did Notre Dame get in there? But, oh, that's why. Uh, that's why. Yeah, they staffed the school. It's a good reason. Yeah, to, uh, and the parish was always named St. John. Yeah. Yeah. So the parish goes way back. The old church yeah. is still there. Well, Folsom yeah. still has a rodeo every year. Yes. A cattle Can't drive down that. the streets of. Yeah. yeah. I happened to be at Toit for a story for the. March April issue the other day with our um, photographer Steve at St. Robert's School. It was actually Feast of the um, Immaculate Inception. Mm -hmm. And so we were taking photos there. And so we arrived there during Mass on last Thursday. And Father Mike Ritter is the pastor. Uh, Anthony Jackson's the principal, mm -hmm. who's also an alum of the school from year 2000. But a beautiful choir and everything. But at the end, Father Mike had to, just to illustrate the different activities, <laughs> Father Mike had to announce that he and Anthony had agreed to now, maybe Abe can help me with this. Mar a Mario Brothers car racing video <laughs> contest? Maybe that's even before Abe's time. He's not helping me out. But um, I think it goes back to the Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. It's some sort of racing thing, you know, right. on video games. But now it's uh, it started with the Nintendo sure. little controls, yeah. but now I'm sure it's more sophisticated. So Father might announced that they had agreed to that and each class would pick 10 participants to be on their team to compete against Anthony and Father Mike. Oh, wow. And this would be held in the parish hall with snacks, I maybe after the first of the year, with the big screen and they're going to have this big, I think it's like a fundraiser thing, but I guess, I don't know, people are going to bet on who wins or whatever, but Father Mike was insisting that he would pick the version of the Mario <laughs> Brothers, as I don't think he knew the up-to-date, but I thought that was rather unique that yeah. they were going to have that, so, That's yeah, good. yeah. Well, you hear so, nothing but good things about that story. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So... Anyway, that's our issue. What else did we have? I'm we losing had, my voice here a little. The, uh, um, um, oh, the, the Carmelite nuns. We have an yes. article by Mother Mary Bethany Meyer. And she's the prioress of the Carmelite nuns of Sacramento, mm -hmm. whose monastery is in Georgetown. It's in Georgetown. Yeah. Yes. And they had to evacuate during the recent Mosquito yes, fire. Luckily, did. it didn't damage the monastery or anything, but there were 13, they have 13 cloistered nuns ranging in age from 31 to 89 had to leave their property. And so um, uh, they went to Christ the Him Retreat Center mm -hmm. and sent their sites where the Passionists uh, took care of them. And then uh, if they had to, they were in a mood to move Morello Youth Retreat Center, so mm -hmm. then the Oblates of St. Joseph right. helped them out. And then a few days later, Bishop Soto offered the Trinity Pines Retreat Center oh, wow. in Colfax that they needed somewhere, and the Sisters of Mercy in Auburn even offered them 
shelter, as well as the use of a refurbished convent in South Sacramento. Wow. And we, we, so I think they only had to, although the citrus heights. Everywhere but Vina. Yes. Yeah. Boy, I, um, you know, when you think about it, it's like, I, I guess they didn't offer them Camp Pandola. But, you know, I mean, it, it's great. I mean, do you think of all these these areas with i mean you, <clears throat> christ the king comes right to right to mind but yes with the passionists as you said and but then the the mercy center up in auburn and the the trinity pines which is just such a wonderful right. facility and right um just all these, these yeah yeah so um mother uh mary bethany says we can relate to Mean uh, in solidarity with displaced persons all over the world. Um, but we could, she says, compared to the suffering caused by Hurricane Ian or the war in Ukraine, we were on a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> One of our Filipinos, Filipina sisters said we were first-class refugees. Um so our greatest anxiety was wondering if our monastery would be burned to the ground. Detachment can be an intellectual notion until you have to put it into action by driving away from your home and being prepared to lose it all. Uh, but they were very, very lucky and, and fortunate from God. Um, after this whole experience, she says, we can repeat how good the Lord is and how wonderful our his rate, his ways, and she assures our readers that we have you present in our hearts and prayers as we serve the Diocese of Sacramento with our hidden, silent presence. You know, so they moved many, there from Stockton Boulevard in 1982. Wow, so many. I'm not these, sure where uh, they were on Stockton Boulevard. Do you remember that? I don't. Uh huh. I mean, I don't know. And St. Rose exactly. is on Franklin Boulevard, on Franklin, so it wouldn't yeah. be by St. Rose. No. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there's so many of these areas up in the foothills are so beautiful. And yeah. and now, it, they're, uh, you know, people are out clearing the, the trees and the brush and, and, and all those things that help to right. make it beautiful. You know, yes. we've got a little cabin in the woods kind of thing. Yes. And now the woods are a little bit scary. Yeah. It's, you know, and... Yeah. and the but maybe some of our recent rain maybe we're gonna yeah break, break maybe the a little bit better yeah yeah, yeah. But, but it's uh it, that can be yeah it's such that's such a beautiful site there mm-hmm. in, in Georgetown she took the pictures for me there's a nice picture there yeah of the some of the nuns by the monastery pond yeah you yeah. know it, and you know the the places that were founded years ago they. They like holy names in Oakland. Mm-hmm. They have sixty acres in the Oakland Hills. Yes, uh huh. You, know, uh-huh. you eighteen sixty eight. You right. couldn't get sixty acres in the oh, Oakland no, no. Hills. Uh, yeah. In, in these days, right? You know, and, and a lot of those uh, those uh, living pl- like Christ the King is mm-hmm. really all ur- urbanized and now all around right. it, and it's just this oasis in the middle right. of, of urbanization. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the, for the first time I went out there. Um, I, I, I think I was driving down Watt Avenue or one of those and, you know, in 16 lanes of traffic and, and rush hour and stoplights. And I thought, 
I got to be lost. Uh, somebody <laughs> told me you take this and then you take a left here. Right. And then... Once well, kind of between Auburn Boulevard and Greenback. Yeah, and it yeah. was, and then all of a sudden there was here was a little, uh, really a little sign and a little road going in, mm-hmm. and I went, and, I, and you could hear the angels singing. You know, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, a just a beautiful spot. Yeah, yeah. So. I want to remind people that all our digital issues are on the Diocesan website. So if you missed, you know, September, October 2012 and you want to go back (laughs) and read that, um, it's on the Diocesan website at www.scd.org forward slash Herald or Herald. Didn't you have some... uh... A story on the the speech winners too. Uh, that is um, yes, with um, a message from our superintendent, Haiti Parada. Yes, there's a picture of her with the speech contest finalists. I'm trying to find my page. Oh, here we are, page. We're so 18. digital that we've already gone to press, and I had to print out the pages. So. Um, so anyway, I wanted to remind people that all the digital editions are on the website and also um, uh, more news, you know, more daily news and other short news items are on the website since we only come out every other month. People should also utilize the website for um, the latest things from messages or anything from Bishop Soto. We do take the articles from each magazine and feature some of those on the website. Mm -hmm. So that's easier for you than on the website. Or put it on your list to do as the first thing when you spring out of bed in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So, Julie, you you do six editions a year? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So... This one is obviously on Catholic Schools. Catholic Schools Week is in January, right. what, the last week of January. Yes. And, um, so many events around that. But how do you, do you plan out the whole year? Uh, we pretty much do, yeah. How does have uh, a, a meeting with Bishop Soto and some of his staff. Um, I suggest some timely, or what I think are timely things for the next year, looking at the church calendar, looking at his priorities, you know, from his most recent pastoral letters or mm-hmm. other things mm-hmm. that we're emphasizing here. You know, there's um, kind of an action plan going on here for creation right. based on Laudato Si'. Um, of course, we're kind of in the middle of the national and diocesan Eucharistic revival, so probably right. each of our issues. Um, in fact, we have a Theology 101 column and this issue about um, the Eucharistic, uh, it's kind of a hetchy, um title, Why Matter Matters oh, in the wow. Eucharistic Liturgy. I didn't write that headline. It's kind like of a hetchy one. So, um, yeah, we were provided um, those times of columns and special reports from our partner in publishing, Faith Catholic mm-hmm. Publishing, uh, so we're going to have some things probably in every issue on the Eucharistic Revival. Uh, the Hair for Creation Action Plan will be kind of a continuing thing. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I meet with Bishop our communications director, Brian, our vice chancellor, Chantal, other people on his um, close staff. I make some suggestions. He has some ideas of his own, mm-hmm. you know, obviously about what he might want to see in the magazine. So we kind of come to a consensus. We can't cover everything, but each magazine has kind of, has does have a theme and... I would say usually the cover story and at least a couple of their features are around that theme. Mm-hmm. We also have a um, some new columns uh, coming up. They're in it cover teens and mental health, which is a which is uh, a big issue right now, especially post pandemic. Right, it's something that parents may want to follow in the magazine. Uh, we've been running um, a series from Faith Hatlet on uh, the corporal works of mercy, so feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. Mm-hmm. So that'll be continuing. So I kind of look for things that I think are in me of interest to our readers. We can't cover it all, but we try and keep it like 70, 80% local. Yeah, which is yeah. remarkable. I, I, I'm guessing some of the other um, diocesan magazines, newspapers, don't have that high of a local. Um, some of them that are smaller staffs, you know, might rely more on the faith mm-hmm. content, which is it content. We pro- we don't carry all of their columns. It right. depends on. And we're very, we have a great ad manager who's been with us for years, Kathy Joyce. A lot of people know right. her, so... Uh, we're usually 25% advertising at least, so we really want to say a thank you to our advertisers as they keep us going. Yeah, sure. And actually, almost of any of the diocesan magazines, we're at least like in the top five on but the percent of advertising. I hear, from, really I hear well. from advertisers who say... Um, it isn't. It isn't. Oh, we. Yeah, yeah. The, one of the reasons they're doing it is to support the Herald and support the Church. No question about it. But they say it's it's it it, it it's good advertising. It's advertising that works. Well, you know, we do have the factor of we're kind of a membership magazine. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you're a member of a parish, you know, right. you're in a, in a magazine for the most part. Exactly. And if you donate to annual Catholic appeal, you're going to get the magazine. And, uh, you know, you have to look at the readership surveys we've had are very, we get very high marks as far as how much time people spend mm-hmm. with the magazine. We have like 70 or 75 percent of the readers say they spend at least 15 or 20 minutes with the magazine. That's pretty high. Mm-hmm. You know, how many things are mailed to your home that you can say you spend 15 or 20 minutes with? Not much. They're actually reading it for just Certainly not all the political flyers. They're not just just lying down on the couch and they're using it as a pillow. They last in about 30 (laughs) seconds on the attention span. But um, so that's the thing. So, you know, we all know that. Uh, printed publications have changed over time. We try and make ours visually appealing. We try and make the articles not so, so lengthy that people won't read them. It's something you can put down and pick up later on. 
No, no, it's, or it's, hand it's, off to somebody. I, I, I was one of those who was skeptical when. Uh, yeah. How long ago was that when you switched from the print? The, Thirty-five print, years the, ago. No, no, twelve. <laughs> twelve years ago, and I think I was in college. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's 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 uh, it's a beautiful magazine. It's very yeah. very readable. It's it's uh, um, very well edited. Um, I'm, I'm one of those sticklers for grammar and things. I never find an error in the Catholic Herald. Doesn't yeah, happen. once in a while. I just don't yeah. tell you where they are. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> happen very often. Uh, actually, for you know, a small staff, I mean, it's mainly just me and freelancers. Yeah. And Anthony doing the ads. We also do the diocesan directory. I help out with the website. So um, for a small staff, I think we do our layout people in Lansing. We do our marketing materials and everything with Faith Atlet. So I have a designer mm-hmm. who's assigned to me, Pat Dowie, who's been working except for a couple of years. He's been doing our magazine for the whole time. So he knows, you know, they get to know what's going on in the diocese, even though they're not living here. Yeah. Because they do our magazine, they get to know. Well, you know, the, it's 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 a beautiful magazine. But I'm wondering, do, do you is there an outreach? Do you try to get it into you know doctors' offices, dentists' mm, office, coffee not shops? Not really. Yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, although I have had people tell me they actually I saw it in my own dentist's office. Which I think sometimes you <laughs> I don't know, know that was coincidence or know, what. I, 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 most of the time when you're waiting in the dentist's office and there's three or four magazines there, of course I think those were all removed during the pandemic too. Well, that's true. But there's yeah. something that that either somebody on the staff there subscribes to, and when they're done with it, they bring right. it to the office. Right. But the only other one I've heard was this, was up the valley somewhere. It's an auto shop where the owners were at. Like, and they went out and they were done with the magazine. They would they put, put it, it out, out in the yeah. waiting room. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, we haven't made any attempt at that. It's kind of a lot. And also not so many places are putting that kind of stuff out now Anymore, as much yeah. like restaurants and, yeah. you know. So many, it's sad, but, you know, you used to see the bees sold everywhere or Sacramento News and Review distributed, and so many of these. The only little ones I see, uh, well, there is kind of Pocket News, Landpark News, Mm -hmm. East Sac News. Right. That's all one company, and some of those are dropped at homes, and you do see some of those, but that might kind of be beyond our reach. And I don't know how many businesses would be open to it yeah, at this know. point, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful addition. I, yeah. I, I love uh, um, he- hearing about all our schools. I love just seeing a story about our neighbor. Yes. He's, great. He's a celebrity. We'll have to get him on the program. Yeah. He may, that be, would be, he may be the youngest. Gabe has his mother's info. I gave it to him. Yeah. Well, all I so, gotta do is yell yeah. across the street. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> bring, <laughs> bring your microphone home. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, that's that's a, uh, if yeah. we have him on, he may be the youngest guest we've ever had. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Eight years old. Yeah. That's great. He yeah. likes he likes the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. He I likes like, the that's church a tip, stuff. Tip, tip, typical yeah. way a kid talks. Yeah. 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 So. I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah. Well, good. Very good. Good. Julie, thanks Thank for you. another great edition. Yeah. Always good to see you. Okay. And, thanks. Uh, 
we that's going to do it Hoping everyone has a blessed Christmas season. Get some time with your family. Absolutely. Don't be on the ill all the time. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Just if simple Sly. ifs. <laughs> <laughs> or the gift of time. Yeah. Speaking as someone who hates to shop, that's yes. me. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's, thank you. Thanks, Julie. That's mm-hmm. going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, Some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about Uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. I feel burning deep inside of me. I feel your spirit is moving.